podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. It's Monday afternoon, plenty to discuss in the world of Celtic and I'm keen to hear your thoughts on all the big topics. Unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about VAR again and I'll be doing that with my good friend Colin Watt who's just tuning in all the way from Gurick. I'm in Dalkeith. Wow. Oh, wow. sorry mate, Greenock. Um, Jungle Lion, I knew I'd get a bite. Afternoon from Dublin says Jungle Line. Great to hear from you. We've still got to do that live broadcast from your incredible Celtic bar outside your house. Colin, how was your weekend, my friend? Yeah, very well. Um, you know, it's uh, it was surprisingly warm this weekend. Uh, so got to enjoy the, the football. And uh, although it does seem to be pretty cold around Ibrooks way, it's about minus nine there now. So, um, yeah. Good to, good to see the, the All football. the banter. All the oh, banter on a Celtic it. state of mind. Go enjoy um, it. Uh, but look, this is, this is the disappointing bit. This is the, where the, the serious football stops for a month or so. And, do you know what? I think it's probably came at the right time for us, Paul. I think, looking at it, um, the performances, there have been a lot um, of kind of games back-to-back over the last couple of weeks. It had sort of slowed down the sort of style of football we've been trying to play um, and I think this period that we do have off as frustrating as it is we'll get the guys back sharper, fitter stronger, just like Ange says we'll come back. Is there a song in that? Was it Daft Punk? Um, probably although there was a Kanye West remix but he's probably not the right person to be speaking about it this time. Um, I like Kanye, man. What's he done that I, I don't want to attach myself with him um, that I'm unaware of? I do like him as a musician. I've got oh, to say. Paul, where have you been over the last couple of weeks, mate? That, in this studio. You know that. Yeah, you, you just take a... You just, I've got a Z bed underneath this desk, mate. I never <laughs> leave this place. At, you just look up what he's been doing over the last couple of weeks and you can see he's not worth attaching himself oh. to. Oh no, have I just done like a Gary Glitter thing? Like, is it as bad as that? 
Right, not, I'll not check quite that, that bad, but we're getting there. But no, I mean, seriously though, um, it is good. I think over this period of time, we'll be able to come back um, looking better and hopefully the rest of Scottish football and especially the referees and the VAR system will use this time wisely to understand what they've got in front of them because at the minute, they've got this new toy that they don't know what to do with it and they just keep getting things wrong. Mm. See the thing, Colin, right? Um, just before you came on, I gave a wee rundown of some of the topics we'll be covering. And I keep saying this week on week, it's going to be great on a Monday where we don't have to talk about VAR, its misuse and everything else that uh, happens in the fallout of that. But again, it was part of the performance at the weekend. It was part of the reason that it was as tight as it was. I get what you mean. There has been a lot of kind of tight games in terms of the scoreline over the last couple of weeks, uh, Colin. And, and often, you know, a break... Uh, is all you need to regroup and obviously we can go again to use that overused cliche in football once the guys come back from Australia we'll be having a wee chat about the the Sydney Cup we'll be talking unfortunately once again about VAR although I don't think we'll use that as the um, the first topic I want to have a wee chat about Jota um, mm-hmm. in relation to the World Cup and we'll talk about the World Cup as well who's going, who's not going, who's the shocks Jackson Irvin, all that stuff uh, we chat about a couple of the players who have come back into form after getting some stick like Hugo and Maeda um, Ben Doak and the few youngsters that are away to Sydney Colin and what that means for their careers at Celtic. I want to chat to you specifically about Matt O'Reilly. We had a wee disagreement about four weeks ago about his uh, performances within the uh, the new role. Have a wee chat about that. Haksabanovic mm-hmm. and the impact that we can maybe foresee in the second half of the season from him. Hatati, the brilliance of Hatati. Um, Today is one year since we lost the great Bertie Old. We'll be having a wee chat about him. David Turnbull, who's came back into the uh, the mix. And of course, we'll have a look at the Sydney Cup. Uh, we'll be covering all of that as well. James McKenzie should be joining us at some point, Colin. He will be the third arrival on the Axon Bulletin for Monday. We've been busy. Um, organising the charity single that's going to be with you very very soon we're just talking about the promo video at the moment Um, it's sounding absolutely tremendous I've got to say very excited about it Um, The Wakes are a band that you'll be well aware of um, and they have a fantastic reputation within the world of Celtic and to be honest with you I'm just blown away with the fact that they not only did they agree to get involved, Colin, they've basically grabbed the baton and ran with it. You know what I mean? They've they've done all the recording in Glasgow. Um, they've turned what was a demo into their own tune. They've put their mm-hmm. stamp on it. Um, you dream about these things like, can it become a terrace favourite? Can it become one of these songs that are, is played in the bars in and around Glasgow at the weekend? You hope it can. But, you know, I've been doing, obviously, my, my retrospectives on the old VHS videos. Celtic fans and musicians have been writing Celtic songs for a long, long time. Some of them mm-hmm. disappear without trace. Some of them are long-standing, and I hope this is the latter. It's all for charity, of course, Colin. I'm going to start off with Jota, all right? Mm-hmm. You're a Man you fan, am I right? Are you? No. That's no. Declan, eh? That's who's Declan, your England? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's your English team? Liverpool. All right, so I've just completely insulted you there. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's um, just a tad. We've got a couple of Man U. I say fans, it's their English teams, um, Declan and JP for sure, um, favour Manchester United. There's a big hoo-ha, as I would say, around a certain player at Manchester United at the moment. Um, speaking to that individual for that platform and that newspaper, 
before I even hear what you've said, mate, I've lost all respect for you. However, you speak about Jota, Jota's dream. Remember the very first press conference he gave when he joined Celtic, mm-hmm. Colin? Yep. He's talking about Ronaldo being his hero mm-hmm. and he's just this wee Portuguese kid looking up to Ronaldo and then Jota makes the kind of long list for the World Cup squad and, you know, that it must have been a phenomenal kind of dream for him to make the the, the final squad, go and play mm-hmm. in a, a tournament or be part of a tournament with his idol. He scores that free kick even though we're getting beat 5-0. He scores it at the Bernabeu. He's probably thinking he's idol playing there. I'd said that before. I had a theory around how emotional Jota became after that goal. And then you see him and his legacy. And I don't know what he got paid for that, but the legacy absolutely being obliterated with the attitude um, you know, because he's basically throwing the toys at the pram. And the reason I'm bringing it all up, obviously with the Jota link, is we've heard... Uh, from close quarters how Ange doesn't like to have the star man, the talisman. He likes mm-hmm. to build a team, Colin. And I think what you've seen in the, in the last few days is sometimes what can happen if you've got that one guy, that that focal point who believes the hype and thinks it's all about them and they're talismanic and, and they're you know idolised by the fans. We've not done that. And I know that people will say well, Kyogo's an idol or Jota's an idol, but we haven't really done that, have we? We've not got that one guy who can become an egomaniac, a monster, like we've seen in the last couple of days? I, I wouldn't say so. I think um, the last person you have to go that far back to say would be the idol of a team would be Henrik Larsson. Um, and that was completely understandable, but because he was a world-class player, there's very few world-class players over that period since that have um, pulled on the Celtic jersey and have stuck around as long as what he did. Uh, I was watching um, that fantastic documentary that you posted yesterday with um, Jim Orr's footage from Seville and thinking back to that period of time and it it was something that Jim said that caught my attention he says the Celtic team that went to Seville were actually pretty average and then there was Henrik Larsson and that's the kind of thing it's like you can never underestimate how important someone like that is and what they bring to a team can dictate how successful they are or not. Now, currently, with Cristiano Ronaldo, I've got a couple of friends who support Manchester United, and I said to them at the time, he will be the worst thing to happen to your club if he returns. And they're like, no, he's going to bring goals, and he's going to, he's still at the top of his game. And I says he's just not got it to be part of a team who aren't going to be successful week in and week out. And it's it's proven fact because yes, okay, he came in and he was um, he was scoring goals at first and he kind of got them playing a bit better, but they still were getting turned over six one by Spurs and um, they, they they didn't qualify for the Champions League. They're playing Europa League and stuff like that. And Cristiano Ronaldo still thinks of himself as this ultimate ego god who wants to be at the top of his game. You're going to see him at this World Cup try and pull that team right through the whole tournament, like he did at the Euros, uh, and try and say that it was his tournament, because he thinks he's this ultimate superior person. And it's one reason why I really don't like him. And when it comes down to the conversation, when people say, um, who's the greatest of all time, and you go Messi or Ronaldo, I I could never put Ronaldo up there. Yeah, it's impressive with all what he's done on the park, what he's won, all the goals that he's scored. 
but he's a he's a me 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 player. Mm. And everyone else that comes into that consideration was all team based players. Your Maradonas, Messi's, um, players like that. They were all team players who would do the best for the team rather than for themselves. And Ronaldo was very, or still is, very unlike that. And I think when you look at that um, interview that he's gave over the last couple of weeks, it just shows that. So when you're saying about not having that sort of egotistical player, that's going to be important in building a big squad here. I agree with that. Okay, Jota can look at Ronaldo and say, that's my hero, and that's completely understandable considering he's Portuguese, he grew up supporting Real Madrid, etc. Um, but what he does have is this grounding, and I watched Jota at the weekend. Um, he was on the, the side of the park warming up, mm-hmm. and it was still at 1 0 to. Um, one now to uh, who were we playing at the weekend again? Ross. <laughs> Sorry, my mind's just totally went blank now. Um, I didn't know what you put in in case you were thinking about something else, right? No, no, I was counting it. I was, I was thinking St. Mirren, but that was a happier result. Um, so one, one now to Ross County at that point, and warming up at the bottom of the park was Jota, Jackamakis, um, Abada, and James Forrest, and yeah. it looked as if we were going to bring them all on at one point. And Jota's speaking to the boy who does the unique angle for Celtic TV. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's speaking away to him and he's kind of maybe half warming up, but he's half watching the game. And he's anticipating where he would be on the park to, to take the passes in. Everyone else is warming up, but he's focused almost like a fan watching it. And he's, he's so clued into the game that you can tell that as soon as he came on, that was what he was doing. He's picking up the ball where he wanted to be. Yeah. For me, he's... He's identifying pockets of space, isn't he? He's watching that game, but he's identifying it. Yeah. Exactly. He's always constantly wanting to improve. He's always constantly wanting the ball and he wants to be on the park. So, for me, I think that's something that will ground him in the fact that he's playing in the Scottish League just just now. He's playing the Champions League, but he's always improving. And do you know what? Mm -hmm. He will go on and he will play for... I'm not going to say a better team than Celtic because there's there's not, but there will be financially more successful teams than Celtic and that's where he'll end up. And he will go on to be one of these players that we look back and we say we were very lucky to have a player like that playing in the green and white hoops. The same way that we had um, Virgil van Dijk and players of that ilk. Olivier and Cham, who's going to the World Cup. We'll come back to that. No, Colin, I think you make. Oh no, you make a great point. I'm going to bring James in. Actually, he's probably rushed all the way home just to be part of this. James, how are you doing, pal? I've finally got who you can thank the Royal Mail and Lothian buses for me running late. But we're here, and that's all that matters. Exactly, and if it's anything to do with the strikes, we support the strikers. So come on. Um, with regards to Jota, the reason we're talking about him, James, in relation to the whole Ronaldo thing, is. We, we're talking about a culture, and you'll remember back to under Neil Lennon, we were, we're saying that you know it was fractured. There was a fractured culture at Celtic Park. There were these prima donnas, um, bad eggs, whatever you want to call them, um, but it did affect the entire team, didn't it? Uh, and you know these guys that didn't want to be there or think that they could be outspoken or they could influence other other guys in the dressing room, and we've seen the impact of that 
you know, because impact basically was that we fell apart. There was loads of other aspects of it, but that's exactly what happened. And what Ange has done is he has actually brought that culture in where that is totally, um, you know, unacceptable. It's not part of what he what he develops within a football club. Colin was talking there about one of our star men in terms of being a performer. And, and one thing you didn't mention, Colin, is he, he retrieves the ball for the net when we do score mm-hmm. that first goal, yeah. you know, and, and he's still on. Uh, how important do you think the, the culture implementation has been since Ange Postacoglu came to Celtic, James? Well, as you mentioned, in Neil Lennon's final season, we all saw how fractured it was. But Ange Postacoglu coming in, and if you've seen the We Never Stop DVD, the review they done of last season, when he's speaking to the players in the dressing room, he always reaffirms the club's values. He always mentions the fans when he's trying to sort of stress the importance of the situation of the players. And I think that all coincides with Celtic's dramatic rise this season, and then mm-hmm. last season as well. It's because Ange, I don't mean to sort of use phrase, but he gets it. He really gets it. And the players, he's got all the players on the side as well. Players that we never thought had a future. Guys like Greg Taylor, guys like Anthony Wilson. These are all players that he's turned around and made into proper Celtic quality players. And it's, it's all down to Ange. We've just got to thank him. We do, and we'll continue to thank the big fella. Um, he's been linked to another job, but we won't even talk about that because we expect that, and we expect a lot of people coming in and having a look at our players and maybe making some bids over the uh, the January transfer window. We'll probably talk a wee bit more about that uh, post-Sydney Cup. Uh, Jungle Lion reckons we've got five weeks of this World Cup nonsense. Let's have a wee chat about the World Cup before we get into VAR, right? Because one of these Mondays we won't have to talk about VAR. Um the World Cup, right? I spoke to JP last week about the way that when I was a young kid, no, Jimmy McGrory wasn't playing for Celtic, Colin, before you start that again. But there was a real special feeling about the World Cup, you know, that often. And sometimes it could be that, you know, it's probably the only time you would see a player like Maradona, right? Because this was kind of pre-Italian football being on Channel 4, like, let's say, 1986, 1990 World Cup, when maybe Maradona's playing in Italian football. You know, I'm trying to remember there was a wee show on, like, a Saturday or Sunday morning called Trans World Sport, and you would Mm -hmm. often get wee clips of, you know, continental football teams, but very, very few and far between. You'd maybe get a wee section in the shoot or the match. So when the World Cup came round... It was an opportunity to see these world-class players and it was just a phenomenal time. Um, but as I've, I've got older, I'm trying to figure out, is it as special or is it just the, the kind of nostalgia of youth that made it special? I'm not quite sure. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to hear your guys' thoughts on the World Cup. Is it something that still piques your interest or are you a bit not that fussed about it? This one catches me off guard because of the timing of it. I think during the summer it's always something to look forward to and the fact that you've got three, four games of football a day and you can kind of schedule your day around the games that are on um, and you get to see some of these teams that you don't necessarily see before. Um, although you're, you're talking about the likes of like the Maradonas and um, guys like, like Garincha and players like that. If you look at it, there's going to be some surprise Garincha. players. Grinch, yeah. you think I watched the World Cup when Grincher played? Colin, yeah, you, come on, just throwing, throwing the names out there, <laughs> see if you take a bite. You, you took it to a plate. Um, but there's teams like Qatar who have came out of nowhere and it's actually very interesting looking at what they have done to get up to the standard 
to, to see to be honest, they would have qualified for that tournament even if they weren't hosting it. Um, they're ranked almost as high as Scotland in the world rankings now. Um, despite at the time when they were awarded the tournament being, I think it was like 150th or something like that. Teams like Iran, who they have properly qualified for these tournaments. It's not as if people have just been given places in this tournament now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what these teams are going to be like, whether there's going to be any whipping boys. Um, and <laughs> I know it sounds a bit daft, but to be honest, I always look forward to the new kits that get brought out for the World Cup because there's some absolute crackers. I don't know if you've seen the the Japanese kits, the mm. pink and green number. Um, Mexico have this fantastic Aztec design as an away kit. Um, there's some really good kits that come out there and here we go, I've just thrown a big net out there and Paul's going to do a massive plug on the Celtic jersey book, 3-2-1 goal <laughs> I'm into football jerseys Colin you're absolutely right um, yeah, I, I, won't, I won't do that because you know, the, all the links for all the good stuff is underneath the video uh, you can get involved in all that kind of stuff, you can still buy tickets for the February Axom event in actual fact we haven't told you who's going to be appearing. I will be there. And um, I've got to say, I'm just looking at the, the figures. We have, you know, we've sold about 50% already of the February gig. So get your tickets in there. Um, you can also give some money to charity. The links are still live. And yeah, you can buy my book, but I've not put the link down there either. What I would suggest in the meantime, bend it like Bertie. Uh, on the one year anniversary of Bertie Old's passing Bend It Like Bertie which is a, a real tribute to the man um, the playwright Jim Moore he's a very talented guy and you see him every second Friday on the um, on the Axon Bulletin and that's his latest play and the link is underneath the video James uh, let's just try and get some perspective here which if I say to you that I remember the 86 World Cup but I, I don't regard it as being my World Cup. I think the one that I was really invested in, like the kits, as Colin was saying, and, you know, g- you know, getting all the fixture lists and all that from the mags was probably 1990. So what was your World Cup from your youth, do you think, that, that really caught your interest? This is going to make you feel very old, but the, the first sort of one I watched, I wasn't, as you said, it would be like your 86 or mine's of 2010. I remember having the sticker book. I remember the Fuvuzelas. I remember the sort of final games. I don't really fully remember the tournament, but the 2014 one was the first one that I fully got invested in. The big game that sticks out of the Brazil versus Germany semi-final. I mm-hmm. pause it so my dad can nip off to the toilet at 3-1. I come back and it's 6-1. It's, it's, it's absolutely incredible, that game. But the World Cup is always something that captures my interest because it's quite a controversial opinion, but I really enjoy international football. It's obviously... Club football comes before international football, but I don't dislike it as much as most people do. And the World Cup and the European Championships and all these big sort of continental events are the reasons why. In the World Cup, there's always so many different stories to follow. There's the dark horses. There's always one or two big teams that will crash out in the group stage. You've got the World Cup curse, the group stage curse. The winner always goes out in the group stage. Is that going to happen to France again this year? I don't know. But my favourite thing about the World Cup is there's always one player Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You only ever see the World Cup. They only ever show up at the World Cup and they have a phenomenal tournament. I don't know if you know the the Mexico goalkeeper. You never see him, but every four years he always appears at the World Cup. Guillermo Ochoa, he always pops up and somehow turns into Manuel Neuer. There's always so many different things to follow about the World Cup. (coughs) I used to always buy the ball when I was a kid as well. I don't know if you remember Mm. the Jabalani from the 2010 Mm -hmm. World Cup. Nobody was able to get that under grabs apart from Diego Forlan. There's so many different sort of stories to follow about the World Cup and I've gone down a proper rabbit hole there but I'm a very big fan of the World Cup I don't mind rabbit holes James you know that we we do tend to deviate from um, the point from time to time it's uh, footballs it's jerseys it's all that the World Cup Panini stickers all that kind of stuff but there's also four Celtic players um, four present Celtic players going to the World Cup Carter Vickers at uh, USA Maeda Japan um, Moy Australia and Juranovic, Croatia. At this point, I'm going to ask you, actually, are we supporting Australia? Are we supporting Australia, lads? Who are we supporting? I'm supporting anybody that England's playing. Oh, <laughs> James. I usually always, I've always sort of cheered on the Germans when Scotland weren't there. Like, I always buy the top before the tournaments, but I'm going to be keeping my keen eye on all the Celtic players because they obviously want the players from our club to do well. And as Colin said, everybody who plays against England. Hopefully, I don't need to support too many different teams. Hopefully, they go out in the groups because the Euros haven't uh, cheer on every single team England were playing got a bit tiring. So, yeah, yeah I'm sort of the same as Colin there. Um, I, I was looking, obviously we spoke last week about the fact Tommy Rogic uh, didn't make it. Harry Kuehl spoke about that during the week there as well. Um, and it's really down to the decision making uh, Rogic and not having a contract for a, a spell after he left Celtic. Um, and that opens the door for people like Jason Cummings to come in. Um, and then you, you asked the question, Colin, I guess, that is Cummings... I'm not going to say the poster <coughs> boy. Is he an example for some players maybe in Scottish football that need to get out of Scottish football. Sometimes there's a, there's an example where they need to get away. I mean, listen, I'm talking Lee Griffiths, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. Griffiths and, and Stokes before him. And, and these guys, that they've lost their way a wee bit. And it looked as though Cummins was going down that path. And I know there was moments he, he scored a couple against Liverpool in the Cup and stuff like that. But sometimes you've just got to get out the environment, the goldfish bowl. And, and I think he's a, a fine example when you look at the fact he's in the World Cup squad, um, you know, in front of guys like Tommy Rogic and some some younger Scottish players maybe look at that and say, maybe my future should be elsewhere. We've got a guy in Mikey Johnson who had stagnated Colin at Celtic. He's gone to Portugal. He's playing well, albeit in loan. Um, so, I mean, obviously another guy that I don't think you rated as highly as I did, um, who's turning it on in, in Italy at the moment. You've been watching his... He's progressed, Lewis Ferguson. I saw his goal last night, um, and I saw that Juventus are interested in him. I'd be very surprised if he ended up there. Um, interested in very loose term. Yeah, I mean, look, 
Cummins, I wouldn't encourage anybody to be like Jason Cummins. Um, I think he's a absolute tool, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> You're on form the day, Colin. He's been pretty lucky, to be perfectly honest. Um, he's he's done really well down in Australia, to be, to be fair to him. And he's got that connection there through his, his, his grand side or something like that, that um, she was Australian. Like his mother's um, Australian. Something along those lines. So when you look at that Australian squad, um, the, the big miss of Tommy Rodgick is I, I really don't understand what happened to him this summer. I mean, the sort of waiting around for the right deal to come along yeah. and then nothing coming. And by all accounts, it doesn't look as if he's um, hitting the, the ground running down at um, West Brom either. It's, I don't know, it's, I feel as if this was his last chance to make an impression at a World Cup, and he's absolutely blown it. And he has. I, I, I feel, I really feel for him because he is a quality, quality player. I would was that his finest elements. season last season? Was it his best season at Celtic it's last year? probably up there, probably yeah. up there. Um, what do you think, James? I'd, Would you I'd agree with that? The invincible season. Yeah, it's been mm. his finest season. Um, and yeah, I mean, James. I mean, obviously, you've been watching Celtic a lot less time than the two of us, just because of your age. But he he must be one of the the best that you've seen in a Celtic jersey on his day. Yeah, it stands out. Whenever he's, as you say, on his day, he's absolutely phenomenal, and he's always got. An absolute cork in him. I remember the, the one that really stands out to me was his goal against Kilmarnock back mm-hmm. under Ronnie Dyla, last dying stages at Rugby Park. Mm-hmm. He just, he can pull out magic at any point, maybe a bit too inconsistent, but he changed that last season. And that's mm-hmm. why I would agree with Colin as to that, why that's probably his best season at Celtic. It was far more consistent with his performances, and the, the team benefited greatly from that. And I just don't understand how. I don't get how he's not been picked for that Australia team. I think, because I looked at the squad, and I think maybe second to Adam Moy, Tom Rogic would be the best player in that team. So yeah. I just don't understand. I know he's been without a club in the summer, but Danny Alves has been called up to the Brazil squad, and he's mm-hmm. been without a club for God knows how long. So I don't get why how Tom Rogic doesn't find a place in that Australia squad. I think you find that with a lot of the international teams they pick. Some players on the form, they pick some players on their experience. And when you're going to a big national, sorry, international tournament like this, then you do need that experience. I can see why Danny Alves was picked for the Brazil squad. He might not play the, the games, but having that influence in the dressing room, we spoke about that at Celtic. Yeah. Like, so having, still having James Forrest and stuff about, um, it is very important, especially when you're hoping to progress. And I, I don't know, I think... You're picking guys like Jason Cummins, who, as you say, were playing for Shrewsbury two years ago, never really done anything on the international level before. There's quite a few players like that in the um, Australia team. Guys like Harry Souter, who's transitioned over there as well, not really played at the big tournaments. You're just thinking, like, it would have been good to have someone with that experience in the Australian team, but whether they regret it or not, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. if it was me, even taking the um, the sort of green tinted glasses off, I think 
um, he would have definitely been part of the team. I mean, you look at some of the other countries that pick up players that are even out of contract, that don't even have a team, and they just keep them around for the experience. It, it can be important. It can. I used an example a couple of weeks ago where uh, Billy Bingham had a master plan to try and get George Best in the 1982 Ireland squad in Spain. Didn't quite pull it off, almost did. And he realised this boy's not going to be playing all the games, but to have the experience here, a wee bit of magic on the bench, maybe if you needed it, to bring on that, that magical element that the likes of Best had. Um, and I use that as an example, but alas, it has not happened. Even uh, Olivia and Cham is going to the World Cup, but um, that's about as much as I want to say about him. Paul McLean, I won't be watching it either, not through principle, just not interested. And the reason I'm saying that about Cham is because he's one of those guys we were talking about. You know, the, the, the change in culture, getting rid of the prima donnas, the bad eggs. He was one of those players that, you know, uh, was a bad influence in the dressing room. Therefore, um, when he when he leaves the club, good uh, good fortune to him. I was going to say good riddance, good fortune to him. And hopefully he has a brilliant World Cup. Um, now, we want to talk about a, a few of the guys that are not going, actually. Um, but obviously, we're more interested in them because they're Celtic players. Kyogo. Maeda and O'Reilly. I want to talk about these three guys because Maeda is going, sorry, but uh, Kyogo, Hitati and O'Reilly. Uh, because Kyogo and Hitati's form is something I want to talk about. O'Reilly must have been quite close. He must have been in the um, in the eye line of the, the Denmark manager. However, his time will come and I'm pretty sure of that. We'll start off with Kyogo and I'll, I'll come to you first, James, in relation to his form. Are you happy that he's uh, overcome a, a bit of a sticky patch with his form, albeit he didn't perform at his best on the Champions League platform, but um, he does seem to have got back to the Kyogo of old. Yeah, he's still up there with the top goal scorers in the league. I'm not sure if he is the top goal scorer, but he's still up there. I think he's our top goal scorer in our team in the league. So that's why I, may, I mentioned the last few times we've discussed it on the podcast when we've discussed Kyogo's form. I've always thought that he was doing just fine. He'll get through. It was just the Champions League. So the fact that he was performing at a very high level in our league, it sort of confuses me as to why he didn't get picked for the Japanese squad. I don't know if they just based it off the Champions League games alone, but if you're on a national team, you've got all these scouts, so you'd be paying attention to his form in the Scottish League. And the Japanese fans seem to be just as bemused as we are, because if you look at the comments on the Japanese social media when they announced the team for the World Cup, every comment, if you look at five or ten, where is Kyogo? Where is Furuhashi? So we don't get it. The Japanese fans don't get it. The only person who seems to have an idea of what he's doing is the Japan manager. So I was very confused as to why Kyogo was in the team. Yeah, it's a disappointing one again, Colin, because of the age of Kyogo. I'm not saying it's his last chance, but he is getting to that age. It's not like he's like, you know, Matt O'Reilly, 21, I think, or Tati, mm-hmm. 23. Um, those guys, the time will come. Um, I thought the moment was now for Kyogo to go and play at that, that kind of stage. However, the other question I'm going to ask you, Colin, um, albeit Kyogo's form has improved, I'm a wee bit concerned that Yakamakis doesn't get enough game time because I think he's a guy that needs he needs that sharpness, doesn't he? He showed that. And when, when he's sharp, he scores with every touch of the ball in the box, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not looked that same player since you know he's been benched quite a few uh, weeks running when he's come on. He's not making the same impact. Is that a concern for you, do you think? I think this break will help. I think what we've been doing is just um, concentrating and getting the points on the board. And when you look at the return, as James is saying, that's Kilgore got 10 goals in 13 games in the league. That's a phenomenal return. 
Um, I think he's only a couple short of what he had last year in the league. Um, what was it, 12 or something he got in the league? And then um, Giacomakis got 13 because he scored a couple in the last day. So yeah. <clears throat> considering we're only 15 games into the season, that's a phenomenal return. Um, I think you're looking at both strikers that are going to get 20 goals a season in the league this year. Um, and then you've got players like Haksabanovic and Forrest and Maeda and um, even guys coming up from, from midfield like O'Reilly and Hitati. And we have to speak about Hitati's set up for Turnbull's goal at the weekend. That was absolutely outstanding. Um, yeah. there's, there's goals coming from all over the park, which is a great thing. But we're also getting goals. We're also getting strikers that are scoring goals, um, and you can rely on them. So you're talking about relying on Jackamakis. Yeah, I think his sharpness would improve if he was playing ninety minutes. But when you've only got the two strikers at the minute, I would probably just continue to to play as how we're playing. Um, it's not done us any harm. Although we are rotating, you try and keep as much to the sort of winning squad as you do. And to be fair to Jackie Marcus, he is taking his opportunities when he's they're coming around. So, um, yeah, I think you'll probably see there'll be games later on in the season where Jackie Marcus will be the player that sort of leads the line up front, and there'll be games yeah. that Kyogo leads the line up front. And I think they both understand that, um, and they both fit into the Celtic system, no matter how we play now which is a really exciting prospect going forward. I still would like to see us bring someone else in there. Um, I'd like to see a, a sort of third option that comes in, whether it be someone with a, a bit of pace who likes to get behind, because we don't seem to play Kyogo like that anymore. A lot of the, He seems to drop deep and pick a lot of the ball up and then lead the line. Um, and Maeda hasn't really done that either. So it'd be interesting to see if you get someone like that who would get in behind the, the strikers. Um, someone in the comment section mentioned uh, Ivan Tony. Um, I don't know if you saw his goals for Brentford at the weekend, but his mm. positioning and his timing was just absolutely spot on. If he had a, a three sort of striker lineup like that, I mean, we could have been talking about doing very, very well in that Champions League. Yep. He, you know how I still talk about missing out on David Ginola in 1995, yeah. right? He's going to be my David Ginola in 30 years, isn't he? Uh, Ivan T- Tony, I'm going to be talking been, about him. We spoke about blooming Stephen Fletcher at one point, being the guy that we all sort of missed out on when he, we never spent that extra couple of hundred thousand, or John McGinn. McGinn. Um, but yeah, yes. Ivan, Ivan Tony is definitely the one. He is up there for sure. And by the way, another example of Yakimakis being penalised by a Scottish ref at the weekend for basically just being a big, strong player. We spoke about this, Paul. I mean, mm. well, I don't know what else he's got to do. It's not fair on him. He can't exactly control his, his body type. It's just as if he looks at him and he goes, you're the bigger player. You must have picked on him and just right yeah, away. Yeah, because he's not clumsy, Colin. He, 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 he's, he's not a clumsy player in that respect. He's not just barging into opponents, but no. he's a lot stronger and, and more physical and, and he's getting penalised constantly. But interestingly enough, it doesn't happen when we're playing in Europe. Um, Jay McKelvey, not normally one for a conspiracy theory, but my God, the ref on Saturday would really make you think this isn't honest mistakes anymore or that they are all just incompetent. And it's all down to the words used, I guess, because we spoke about this other week, didn't we, about bias, incompetence, um, and then we've got uh, corruption and cheating and all that kind of stuff. And I, listen, I can't prove one way or another 
um, what bracket each of the officials go into. But I think that one thing's for sure, everybody knows about bias and everybody appreciates that, yeah, we've all got different biases. And um, that definitely is a plays a part in this. Um, Magnet 67 comes in to, to say, where is Crawford Allen this season? Remember he popped up, nobody even knew who he was when he popped up. Uh, he was like a jack-in-the-box last season when Kyogo scored a marginal offside goal. It's true. The the game is in disarray. It's a laughing stock yeah. um, across European football. And he's not coming out to make a statement. He was the one that brought forward the introduction of that. Like a new signing, he said. Yeah, saying it was um, it was going swimmingly well, and we were ready ahead of schedule. I think he, he wants to get back into his box. Yes, uh, nice one, Jack in the box. I like that, Colin. Uh, Colin mentioned James around the uh, part that Hatati played in the the goal that brought us back into the game. An unbelievable. Uh, talent and you know some people were bemoaning some of his performances recently and and by the way sometimes he is off it, off it. Um, Saturday wasn't one of those occasions though James he was unbelievable I mean Celtic clips on Twitter it'll probably get pulled because they're putting on broadcasted material but whilst it's on there have a wee look because they've got a compilation of Atati's moments uh, in that game unbelievable performance from a player I pointed out at the weekend 1.3 million quid to 1.4 million pound that's what this boy cost us he's an unreal talent and that was one of his best performances I felt yeah it was absolutely phenomenal when I first saw the highlights for the goal at first I thought it was poor defending from the Ross County players but then you watch it back and it's absolutely phenomenal from Rio Hattati the way he goes past but how many players does he go by about three or four three, he just yeah. takes them up with just these Leave delicate touches, and then the cutback is almost equal to it's a good finish for Turnbull as well. But it's the way he moves around the midfield, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And some of the passes he plays, especially in the Champions League, as we mentioned earlier, performed. He was one of our best performers in the Champions League, so that's why it's even more mind blowing that the Japanese manager didn't call him up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the one thing I, I say about him is, you know, he can he can play a pass like nobody else on the park can play. But the one thing in, that's part of his game, call it naivety and experience, something that he might improve on, is that it, in his own mind, it doesn't matter where he is in the park. So he would play that pass if he's standing mm-hmm. on his own 18-yard box or if he's in the all positions. And, and that's, you know, those passes are high risk at times. And he's been caught a couple of times. But when you then see him in full flow like we did at the weekend, Colin, you think to yourself, wow, is he going to be one of the guys that the Vultures are going to be circling Celtic Park for this January? I don't think in January, no. And I'm probably comfortable it wouldn't be the summer either. Um, I still think there's a lot of development that needs to come into Hitati. He's a, a rough diamond. Um, you can see the talent that he's got, but other times, as you said, maybe he has to learn about when to play those passes, when to um, be the sort of player that's going to dictate the playing. Um, but like, you give him a couple of yards in a box and you saw his goal against, uh, against Motherwell. That was outstanding. The assist... On Saturday was second class. It was world class. Sorry, um, he was just. He's to me at times he's a very much luxury player. He's one of those players that if you're playing well, it's great to have him in the team. But if he can get to be one of those players where you're digging out a result like we did on Saturday, and he can play that influential part, 
um, which is now seems to be adding to his game, mm-hmm. then that's going to make him absolutely pivotal and make him one of the first picks on the team sheet. Because all we keep talking about is how can we get through these 10-man defences? And you saw that on Saturday. As soon as it got to about 40... As soon as it got to 50 minutes or so, it was just 10 men behind the ball. And how do you get through that? And we spoke about this for years and years and years about a Celtic team that would struggle to break that down. Now we're getting in behind, we're getting out on the wings, we're doubling up on the wings, and you've got players like Katati who are technically so great that you can play those sort of one-two slick passes just on the edge of the box and then bring yourself in. And once you're in that 18-yard box, nobody wants to touch you because they're going to try and, if they bring you down, there's every chance it's going to be a penalty. They might stick their hands out because they might just get away with that one because uh, handball doesn't seem to be a thing. Um... But it's very difficult when the ball's at a Celtic player's feet in the 18-yard box for the opposition to get near them. And Hatati's mm. quick feet, he puts it across. And what was really exciting for me was there was two or three players lining up on the six-yard box ready to tuck that ball away. Yeah, yeah. And times One before you the... see these passes going across and there'd be nobody there. Now You're you right. could see as a team we were really going for that. Mm-hmm. And the other player actually, Colin, you were talking about goal contributions. The other one I would throw in is probably Abada, who whose contribution is excellent when it comes to goals yep. um, as well. But you're right, Hatati's body movement as well. He takes two or three of the guys out just with his, his, the, moving, the movement of his hips and his shoulders. He's, he's phenomenal at that. Um, the quick feet of, of Hatati, we've seen that um, with, with his goal the other week against Motherwell, it was, wasn't it? Where he, where he dinks it. But you've got other players like Haksabanovic, who is very similar in the box. Um, the, the, you know, Jota uh, and these guys in the past, I think that we relied heavily on shots from outside the box. And remember when they weren't coming off, it was a problem. I don't think we rely on them so heavily now because we do have yeah. these creative, entertaining players who are able to somehow find space, uh, the, regardless if it's a, a 10 man behind the, the, the kind of ball scenario, which we do face on a regular basis. Red Scotland, Hatati's contribution contribution to the equaliser was exceptional Messi does that you applaud him Ronaldo does it you don't same for Hacksaw sublime finish the work of two top players by the way clearly certainly on form now what I'm taking from this as well is the, the mention of Haksabanovic um, mm-hmm. I, I pinpoint uh, an interview that he did the other week there in the, in the press I think it was um, James spoke to him actually and he was talking about the fact that he wasn't quite there yet he didn't feel as though he was sharp enough but we're seeing elements of his game, James, that when he is sharp enough and when he does get that run of games as a starter, I mean, he's a game-changer as well and he showed again on Saturday that he can do that. Yeah, he's, he's such an intelligent player on the ball. And for the goal, it's, he has no space at all. He has no right to be scoring that goal. I saw a clip on Twitter, I think it was compared to a Gary Hooper goal at Ibrox a mm-hmm. good few years ago now. Mm-hmm. He has he has no right to score that goal, but you made a very good point there, Paul. He looks like he's very much coming onto a game. In the last three games, I saw we start. He's averaging a goal every fifty-five minutes in the last three games, and so he's really stepping up his form. So it might be a bit unfortunate for him that the World Cup's coming now, but we have got the nine-point advantage. So for the team overall, we can sort of look to come back even stronger. I saw Rio Hattati post on Instagram. It was we come back stronger. It was all. It was almost as if we'd suffered a defeat. So if if we're going to get stronger after this, then 
I wouldn't want to be a supporter of any other team in the league right now. No, you're you're spot on. Um, I think what what Ange has done is he's assembled a team, um, and there's a few players in there, Colin, who probably do have a point to make. You know, Joe Hart's an obvious one, right? Uh, where it was almost as if he was put out to grass, and he was um, you know just counting the moments until he retired, and then he's been given this opportunity at Celtic to play in the Champions mm-hmm. League and be adored by a fan base again, something that he'd probably not had for a while. Uh, you've got guys like Hatati who were two years into their senior career. Um, had played less than a, a hundred games prior to coming to Celtic, largely unknown, probably outside of Japanese football, and, and we've um, put him on the Champions League stage. You've got a guy in O'Reilly played third tier English football this time last year, and you know I just think Haksabanovic probably comes into that category as well because you know after a, an incredible. Um, start his senior football career it kind of dips a wee bit after the move to West Ham and he's building it back up and if you get the right combination of these guys with the right hunger Colin I mean I think that that is dynamite that's, that is a proposition um, and often again it goes back to the original point we made we don't have the prima donnas we've got guys that have got something to prove you know and, and I've mentioned quite a few of them I think Jota's in that category he was a prodigy when he broke onto the scene. Everybody thought he was going to be a, a regular for Benfica and, and for uh, um, Portugal. It didn't happen. So he's come away. Carter Vickers is another one. We didn't, you didn't know where he was going to end up. He, he was he living a nomadic football career, seven or eight clubs on loan. And we've assembled them. So we don't have that element that's going to actually um, be the bad egg. And I think that comes into Haksabanovic as well. How impressed have you been, Colin? Yeah, definitely over the last couple of weeks, he's, he's certainly someone who has come on and he's another one who, when the ball gets to his feet, you're thinking, right, what's he going to do next? And that's the kind of player that um, we long for at Celtic Party. I mean, going back a couple of years, it was when Paddy Roberts got on the ball, what's he going to do next? Now it's when Jota gets on it, when Maeda gets on it, when uh, Haksabanovic gets on it, when um, Abada gets on it, even now sometimes when James Forrest gets on it, when he's coming back into form, you're thinking, right, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do next? And I was just kind of looking up the stats there. Across the sort of forward line, and we're talking here, Haksabanovic through to Forrest, and including guys like Maeda and Abada um, and the, the kind of key strikers, They've got 47 goals already between them. Stunning. Yeah, stunning. It's, it's incredible when you look at how many goals is coming in. I mean, mm. Lila Bada's almost got 10 goals this season. Um, Jota's on seven. Forrest you do, you, feel, like you feel as though Abada's not got started yet. That's no. astonishing, that, that, that start. Because you yeah. do feel it's been a bit of a stop-start season for him so far. And, and it has been. I mean, there was this kind of opportunity on um, Saturday and there, there wasn't really anything that he'd, he'd done. Do you know what I mean? When he came on, you look at it and you're just thinking, we don't rely on the one player anymore. No, that's Even right. going back to the sort of the Neil Lennon teams or even Brendan Rodgers team, um, where you kind of relied on one player to kind of get the goals, whether it be Dembele, whether it be Edward. And yeah, the rest of the team did score the goals, but not to the extent that they are doing now. Um, and it is, it's absolutely frightening to think that you've got that squad depth in there now. Um, with the likes of Haksabanovic, as we've been speaking about, who you think, do you know what, see after 60 minutes, if you're going to try and turn the game around, you're bringing on almost like for like, if not sometimes you're bringing on better players than what was coming on, um, than what started the game, especially when the likes of your three subs on Saturday were Jota, um, Giacomakis 
and I think it was Abada was the third sub. And that must be so frustrating as a, a player in the league where you think, do you know what, we've done so well so far, kind of tying it out, let's just see it through at the end of the game. Bang, on comes three internationals, ready to go and run at you again. You must be like, nah, come on, sub, get me off. <laughs> I'm done. Um, right. A wee hammy, a wee hammy. Uh, you were talking there about uh, having that, that expectations at Celtic Park when somebody gets a ball. And you're right, the, the guys you mentioned, you did, you were on the edge of your seat. And I felt the same when Frimpong first burst onto the scene. I thought mm-hmm. Frimpong was one of the guys. Every time he got the ball, you thought, what's he going to do next? Um, a real impact. Uh, the other ones, again, a young Aidan McGeady was like that. I remember a game mm-hmm. against AC Milan, every time he got the ball, yeah. you know, it was almost like you could feel it. The atmosphere lifting in the stadium, and of course, Paddy McCourt. Every time Paddy got the ball, you thought, Right, he's got to score a goal. Uh, but that's three guys that came uh, to my mind. Now, I'm going to come to Colin after I speak to yourself about Matt O'Reilly, uh, James, because Colin and I had a wee disagreement on Matt mm-hmm. O'Reilly a couple of weeks ago. By the way, I tipped um, Hatati for being Scotland's player of the year this season at the start of the season. I think I think well. Yeah, so we'll see how that one transpires. Matt O'Reilly I think he's taken to this um, slightly different position like a duck to water. Um, he's probably feeling a, a wee bit hard done by that he's not in the, in the World Cup squad but I tell you what the very fact that he was in the manager's thoughts um, would show that his career is on the right track. James, I think he's been absolutely superb this season. He's been phenomenal um, and like Colin said about Atati I don't think it's the right time for O'Reilly to be moving anywhere um, but what happens the big question for me what happens when McGregor comes back James what do we do with, with Matt O'Reilly at that stage I think he, he, it's pretty it's a pretty easy, easy decision for the manager to make I think you push him back forward and have him and Hatati with Cal McGregor behind them and just when you're speaking about it's the wrong time for Matt O'Reilly to move on to I'd agree with that I think his agent or whoever's in his ear is a very smart person because they picked out their Celtic move in January at the exact right time for Matt O'Reilly so he will move on when the time is right the Sharks are circling there's a lot of teams that are getting reported to be interested it seems on a weekly basis now so I'm getting a bit worried that we might lose him but he's got such a high ceiling I think him and Abada are probably the two players in their squad with the highest ceiling in terms of potential but just on the question there I think he's got to go further forward you can see even sitting from this deeper role He's always looking to go forward and get the play started. So I think he will he'll move further forward back with Hatati. Yeah, it's a wise move, Colin, when, when Callum McGregor comes back. I think sometimes we forget that, that McGregor, I'm not saying he's in the twilight of his career, but he's, he's late 20s now. He, he has, for a number of seasons, played more football than anybody. Uh, he's obviously had an injury early off this season. But do you think it is just uh, go back to the, um, the formation and the shape that James explained there with regards to Hatati and O'Reilly being a wee bit more advanced Yeah I'd say so um, I think you're now seeing as you mentioned there the best of Hatati um, when he's getting played into those further um, further forward positions O'Reilly I think did take a bit of time to adjust to playing into that uh, number 6 role and wasn't playing at his best until probably I would say the game that sort of turned it around for me was a Livingston game I thought in the Livingston game he sort of controlled the game, he understood um, his role in that team, especially when he had uh, the big striker who was causing a bit of trouble for um, 
was it Cara Vickers that was getting a bit of trouble off of the big striker at Livingston the other week um, and then obviously he's got to play that role against some of the best in the world against Real Madrid and you're not going to judge anybody like that um, I think his best position is further forward though I think he can dictate the game better when he's playing further forward. He can find that pass. He can get himself involved. I did find it quite interesting that there was a, I think it was an Optostat thing came out the other day and they were looking at the top 10 goal contributions across the league. And it was both himself and was it Hatati? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I can't remember who the other Celtic player was, but they were the only two in the Celtic. They were the only two in the top ten from Celtic. Mm. I'm thinking. I, I felt as if it had been a while since I'd seen maybe an assist from O'Reilly or anything like that. Obviously, he does put in the set pieces, but mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. If you go back to sort of his earlier performances for Celtic when he first broke into the team and he was playing at Tynecastle and how much he dictated the game that day and how much yeah. he can kind of created the chances, I think you're not seeing that as much because he's been sort of pushed back into that number six position and that's bound to happen. He's accommodated himself well in there, but I think with everything that he can offer to the team, it's a no-brainer to move him forward to the first opportunity. Yeah, well, we'll see what Ange thinks when he, when that happens. Urban culture, I like that hacksaw guy a lot. Hacksaw seems like a WWF wrestler. Sorry, Jim Hacksaw, hacksaw, hacksaw Jim Duggan. That's what it is. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. There you go, Joe Halton. Cheers from Austria. Uh, good to see you, Joe. And um, let us know where you are watching a Celtic State of Mind. Um, I will be in Manchester on Wednesday. The little grid on the right hand side of your screen there talking about uh, awards, etc. It's always an absolute privilege uh, that Axom is not. 
nominated for national awards um, and a massive part of that obviously is the people that tune in and support us and share things on social media and uh, tell their pals about us and subscribe to the channel and this year we're up for the uh, best in video creation which is a wee bit different because uh, obviously streaming is one thing but to get um, the video creation uh, nomination is uh, a real accolade from our kind of camp and um, if you like what we do with the videos as Colin said earlier on get onto the channel and watch the Jim Moore um, Seville story because Jim being Jim had the foresight to take a camcorder to Seville and so he's got some brilliant footage and then he came into the studio and he spoke us right through the whole journey of us qualifying for the I say qualifying, getting into the final um, his own journey with his mates to go over there and some of the handheld camcorder footage is, is just dynamite and at the very end I'll not ruin it for you but there's a nice wee last few minutes at the end of that as well and as Colin said that's the kind of things that we like doing at a Celtic State of Mind uh, it takes a wee bit longer obviously to film and edit and all that stuff but um, there's a few more of those coming up, coming your way. I've been given a massive amount of unseen archive content, footage, camcorder stuff um, from the Save Ourselves for Change movement as well. So that's all coming on the channel. Um, so get on there and subscribe. Subscribe to A Celtic State of Mind on YouTube. We're heading towards 20,000 subs. If you want to come and meet us in person and get involved in a live event, then we've got one coming up in February. There's, I think, about maybe 80 or 90 tickets available for that. We'll tell you who the special guest is going to be. Uh, and I promise, I'm never going to pull the rug from under your feet. I'm not going to sell it out and then announce a player that you don't want to see. Um, I can guarantee you I wouldn't do that. That's for sure. February's um, guest is Craig Beatty. <laughs> that was a shame. That's a shame. He's not been on the telly for a while, actually. He played for the Axom-sponsored Celtic Old Boys uh, a few times. And by the way, obviously, he's not playing against anybody. He's playing against guys like me, but what a player he was, he, he, honestly. And he's been doing the boxing training, so he was built like a, the end of a house. Um, last thing I want to talk about before we get on to, to VAR is Bertie Old. One year ago today, we lost the great Bertie. Um and I shared the, you'll remember the, the TIFO that the Green Brigade organised for Bertie after he passed away. An absolute legend and it's always important, James, young and old, for fans to remember our icons. Um, so I always look back to, to what Bertie gave to the club. What a character as well though, eh? I mean, see when you talk about personalities within Celtic Football Club, what an individual, what a character. And anybody that played with him basically said he acted like a captain. He acted like a captain in the dressing room, on the park. And he was an ambassador for Celtic Football Club, James. Did you ever have the opportunity to meet or speak to Bertie Old? Yeah, I've been able, I had the chance to speak to Bertie Old outside of Celtic Park. It was before I came a good few years ago. I was there with my dad. Obviously, as a football player, he's a Champions League winner. That's all that has to be said about Bertie Old. But as a person, it was I was maybe around 12 or 13 at the time, and he gave, he gave you the time of the day, has a, a proper conversation. He doesn't need to do that. He's got maybe about 50 other people there desperate to try and get a photo with him, but he was giving me the time of day. And you see all the stuff he does for the charitable appeals for Celtic as well. Just before he passed, he was a part of the uh, the Christmas appeal advert as well. He does so much charitable stuff. Everybody knows how much of a gentleman he is, the stories he has, an absolute character and a phenomenal football player. 
Nah, without a doubt. And he played in three European finals, Colin. He played in a European final yeah. before he came to Celtic. Um, the the story of him in the tunnel, starting the, the Celtic song, all that stuff, it's almost myth-like, almost like a fairy tale. But it is important that we always look back on, on the likes of Bertie, isn't it? It is. Um, he's one of a, a very rare bunch. Um, such a outstanding gentleman. Um as I said, when we were speaking about him last year, um, him and my fiance were pretty close because she worked in the, the stores when he would maybe travel out and they got to know each other really well, especially around about the time of the Lisbon anniversary. Um, and every time he'd see her, he'd stop her and ask how he was doing, ask how the family was, uh, tell me to go out the road so that the two of them could get a picture and not the three of us um, but the man was an absolute gentleman and um, we had the pleasure several times of having him uh, down at the, the Greenock CSC and uh, I remember one of the first times actually Paul me and you met was the mm. Lisbon anniversary yep. and uh, I'd just travelled back from Lisbon met up with yourself and we were told that Betty was going to be there but he could only be there for what 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you had to go somewhere else. Came in with a trophy aloft, singing the songs. Two and a half hours later, we had to pull him off the stage because he was miles late for his next his next appointment. He just, he loved having the Celtic fans in his hand and just kind of having them listen to every single word that he had to say. And he was just one of the most kindest, honest people you'd ever meet um, and he's a massive loss. I, I didn't realise that today was um, a year to the day and it, that's that's actually hit me. Um, he's, he's a miss around the, cl- the place, he's a miss around the club and the word legend gets used far too often but he is a legend of a person. Undoubtedly. And you're right, it was, I think it was the first time we met Colin um, and mm. Bertie was there holding court um, and he had the the Hollywood good looks when he was, you know, in his prime and all that. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I love reminiscing about um, the the Lions. I really do. One final word from Axon before we go. We didn't want to speak about VAR for an hour. We probably could have done um, another shocking performance at the weekend from the referee in more ways than one. Um, what what's going to happen? Do you think, James? I'll come to you first. What's going to happen with this? I mean, there needs to it needs to come to a head. There's been some rumours that obviously uh, Celtic are in some kind of summit with the with the Beaks, the High Hegians. Um, you know, something has to change because when you look at the decisions, it, it is is every single week. There's something that's absolutely bizarre, to say the least. And even I mean, Anne just spoken about it. He called it out with his comment about. Uh, the Hearts penalty, Matt O'Reilly's called it out and uh, Michael Nicholson spoke about it at the AGM. So the club have, on all different levels, called this out. It's not good enough. What What's going to change, do you think, if anything, James? I don't think anything's going to change. I think enough media attention and enough fan outcry and managers speaking out will sort of apply some sort of change, some sort of hesitance to, from the referees. That could be for better or for worse but just on the refereeing performance of the weekend everybody's been spoken about to death but I didn't get to see the full game I'm just going off the highlights but that penalty is one of if not the worst I've seen awarded by VR 
since its introduction in the country this season. And also, the thing with the Ross County goalkeeper, where yeah, it, what was it? It was a the proper thing. What's it? He puts the ball down, picks it back up, puts it down again, something like that, and then he blew for a safety foul. It's absolutely ludicrous. I'm not sure if David Monroe's always been in the Premiership, but if he's one of them they've brought up from the Championship introduction of the year, he was brought up. Well, we can sort of, we can sort of tell that here. It's just it's not cheap. It's just incompetence. It's just out of their depth. They shouldn't be. He's gone from refereeing Championship games to a 60,000 crowd at Celtic Park. It's absolutely ludicrous how people like him are getting a job. He should be maybe doing some other refereeing jobs, keep him down in the leagues. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Colin, we've spoken about it a lot. The club have called it out. They, they tend mm-hmm. to do their, their business in private. There's not a great deal more they can do, but um, it, it seems to be dominating our broadcasts game after game because it's, it's, it's getting worse. The standard yeah. is getting worse. Like, here's the thing with VAR. Scottish football is not ready for it. The referees are not at a level where they understand fully the best way to approach how to do it. It's as if they've saw someone else do it down south and went, all right, we'll just copy that, and that, that that's how we'll do it. They don't actually know what they're doing. That penalty decision on Saturday is arguably one of the worst that has been given at Celtic Park. The ball is not even clear that it's in the box. I don't know where the hand was meant to go. I don't I don't see anybody apart from maybe one Ross County player actually um appealing for it and I think he was chancing his arm when he was doing so. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the referees awarded the penalty and someone in the VER room hasn't said, do you want to have a second look at that? Just to just to make sure that you're comfortable with your decision, do you want to have a second look at that? Because that's what it's there for. It's unacceptable that we're spending this amount of money on the equipment and not being able to go over and use it properly. I, I'm... I said this before it came in, Scottish referees, they're not, in in my opinion, I don't think they're cheating. I just think they're absolutely shocking. And it's like giving a go-kart driver a Ferrari and saying, well, the basics are the same, just go and drive it and not understanding exactly the power and everything else that comes behind it. They've just got no clue how to use it. The fact that they, brought, they rushed this in shows how much they think so highly of themselves and yet when it's coming into play it's not just Celtic, it's not just Aberdeen, it's not just Hibs, it's not just Hearts, every single team has had a dodgy decision that when it's went to VAR it's still, you're still going that's not right every single team yep and um, we will continue to uh, raise our concerns until such times that it improves, if indeed it ever does. Last words of this afternoon to Kevin Graham, poet. Jim Orr took a camcorder. I only took one pair of shorts and pants. Well, Kevin Graham, we know what Jim's like. Jim is a man um, who has the foresight, absolutely. Um, And here we go. Um, That's another 
broadcast under our belt for a Celtic state of mind. I will be down in Manchester on Wednesday. If you want to buy some merch, support the channel, subscribe to the ch- to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. All our links are under- underneath this video. And hopefully we can come up the road with another award. But even if we don't, the very fact we're in the final again, I think, is testament to the hard work of our team at Axom and to everybody who tunes in. So thank you all for getting involved with a Celtic state of mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer their home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.